Oh. All right, Bert, what's occurring? What's occurring, Bert? Now, we've got a bit of a special one today. I've been doing some moonlighting on another pod, mate. Oh, yeah? And they wanted you over me? Of course they did. I'm the pro podcaster here. I was a guest on Red Bull's new Just Ride podcast a few weeks ago, and they asked me all about the Tour de France and the wonderful world of Grand Tours. You're definitely sure they wanted you over me? Mate, I'm a fountain of knowledge. I mean, you might have won the Tour, but you never won the Lantern Rouge, have you? Or been booted off the race for scrapping with Tony Martin. We got stuck into the nitty-gritty of road racing, mind games, and all that jazz. Well, to be fair, I've actually listened to the episode, and it was great. Just Ride is hosted by downhill mountain bike legends Elliot Jackson and Rob Warner, and they had a former GTCC guest on recently as well, Evie Richards. There's new episodes out every other Tuesday, and you know the drill. You can find it by searching Just Ride wherever you get your podcasts. So here's a clip from my episode to whet your appetite, and if you want to listen to the whole thing, and why wouldn't you, head over to Just Ride and give it a spin. So here it is, a little bonus clip for our listeners of Luke on Just Ride, a new cycling podcast from Red Bull. Enjoy. So today we're going to try and find out a little bit more about the Tour de France. We've got this incredible guest, a Welshman, the third Welshman in history to ride the Tour de France. He's done eight of them. He's been in the winning team five times and he is known as one of the greatest road captains, whatever that may be, in the world, in the Tour. Luke Rowe, how are you Luke? Thanks for coming on. I'm very well. That was a, a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. Well, it's good to set, set things off on the right foot. What is a road captain then? Right, straight into it. It's. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know what one is. Do you know what one is, Elliot? Well, I mean, Luke, can you can you start talking about uh, what is a grand tour? Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. There. Okay. Grand tour. <laughs> yeah. Grand tour. Let's take it back to basics. So there's there's three grand tours a year. Um, Starts off with the Giro d'Italia, uh, which is obviously the Tour of Italy. Then it moves on to the Tour de France, which is obviously the biggest one. Um, and then at the back end of the year is the Vuelta España Tour of Spain. And a Grand Tour is uh, a three-week race, 21 days. You normally have two rest days, so it'll start on a Saturday um, and roll through three weeks. They're brutal, they're hard, they're unforgiving, but they're the pinnacle of our, our sport. And... Is that, if you're riding Grand Tours, is that your only focus? Do you ride other events throughout the rest of the year? No, you'll ride other events. Um, you're typically a, a Grand Tour leader. So the guys who are going to win these races, um, they'll focus on one of the three. Historically, you could perhaps focus on two, but you know the sport's got so intense and so hard and you carry so much fatigue. Uh, Post-Grand Tour, now it focuses more on on, on a guy really focusing on one Grand Tour a year. I think the sport has got to the point where it's so intense. It's so, almost in the last five years, it's got more professional than it has in the previous 30. Hmm. Um, you know, guys are crossing their T's, dotting the I's. Training is so accurate, prescribed, specific. People are weighing every gram of food. And I think it's as much a mental battle as it is a physical in that, to prepare and go to a Grand Tour, be the best you can and win, just takes its toll on you. Mm. So then to repeat that two more times in the season, I mean, I, I couldn't do it. I think even just to ride two or three Grand Tours is a massive ask, but then to go and try and win is a whole new game, is a whole, adds a whole new element. To go and ride, you can have some easier days, you can have some days where you're a bit relaxed, whereas if you're gonna go and win the thing, 
every day your organs blazing 100% and it's uh, a mental and physical huge demand. And what's the what's the difference between like what makes a road team world class? Like what separates you guys from everyone else? Okay, the first of all is is the obvious one is you, you need you need the talent. You need eight guys who are world class at what they do and you need the most important thing is the one leader. You know, the guy who can finish it off. That's the, that's the most important thing and from there you build down. So you have your one leader who's the best in the world and can win the bike race. Then you have seven supporting riders who are world-class as a support rider. And then I think maybe something at a bit of a different angle, which people don't really think about. And when I think back to when we had, um, you know, huge success in Grand Tours and, you know, like you said on that beautiful introduction, um, being part of five Tour de France victories. What I think about that is how well we got on off the bike. And we... We had training camps in Tenerife, and if I paint the picture, you're at the top of a volcano. I don't know if you guys have been there, the top of Mount Tidy. Um, and, and there's nothing there. There's a hotel on the top of a volcano, and there's nothing else. And it's, you ride your bike, but apart from that, it can be quite boring, quite long afternoons. But we had a right laugh. And these eight guys that we went to the Tour de France with when we were having this major success were they weren't colleagues they were mates and we had so much fun off the bike and i'm a hundred percent sure if you have a team that has fun off the bike and is mates off the bike that transfers massively to when you get on that start line and you're you just gel you're a unit you're as one and i used to ride with these guys and i knew if they were on a good day or a bad day without speaking to them just sitting behind them and looking at the way they pedal you know Ian Stannard, I'd ride with him for, he's a British guy, I rode several Tour de France with him and, and he was um, a similar type of rider to me on the flat and we would ride at the front trying to control the brake and I knew the way his right knee would flick out how he was going that day and we would <laughs> yeah, well. ride for 150k and we wouldn't even talk, We'd, we, we knew each other huh. that well and I think that's one factor Apart from the talent and the the superstar within the team, I think it's one factor that can be overshadowed and overlooked a bit is that cohesion and willingness to to ride into a brick wall for each other. And you know, I guess that's sort of your job. Then is kind of to to is it then like you say you have these tactics set by the director in the bus in the start of the morning and say you know rider a we're going to save you for the last climb but if you see that he's struggling then is it then your job to go right you're not you you look like you're hurt and we're going to put you and you switch riders to sort of cover that last climb for instance is it a bit like that your job or not yeah partly that partly that i think um there'll be feet so that'll be i'll perhaps talk to that rider speak to the car speak to the directors and we'll come up with a plan what if someone's hurting? They will tell you. Are the riders honest with you? Like if you say you are and you're you up for this, can you can you cover this breakout? I mean, do they? All, I mean, you're mates, but do they sometimes they don't want to say they're hurting, and then you'll see them and you'll be like, oh, that was the wrong move. Does that happen a fair bit? Or that's a that's a great question, and I think again that's where if you have a team who are honest, like I said, like these almost dream teams that I was a small part of, that's where you have. Honesty, no egos. Yeah, leave your ego at ho- leave, leave your ego ego at home, mate. I'm not interested, you know. And um, and in them times, it was 
you know, you'd have some guy who was pulling in the last climb in the final for three days in a row, and then the next day he'd go, mate, today it's just not happening. It's just not happening. Right, you get on the radio. Okay, so-and-so, he's having a nightmare. He's having a bad day. Things aren't going right. Switch it up. Yeah. But then you also... You don't want to let on to other teams that he's struggling, yeah. so you might try it. I thought that because yeah. all the other teams are looking at you like you're looking at them. It's like a game of poker, yeah. And um, pretty fun, you is might it or say, not? Um, it's fun <laughs> if you're successful. It's fun if you're successful. You're on the yeah. Yeah. What, is it? It what is cool. it like being in the peloton? Like, I mean, from the on the TV, it just looks like a swarm of yeah. people but there's so much going on like what is happening when you're riding with with the team and all the other teams in those big groups i think um yeah there's there's always something happen happening and you look at the sometimes i watch a race and to be honest if it's far out i think to myself this is quite boring there's you know it just looks like they're riding along and you know you'll see a couple of guys having a chat and guys going yeah. back and getting bottles from the car but there's always something happening and I think one way I kind of explain it is if you think the start of the race, the start of a stage, you've got a bag of sand and someone gets a, 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 a needle and just pops a hole in it and your sand starts trickling out. And that's your energy for the day, that bag of sand. And every acceleration, every time it goes uphill, every time you underfuel, every time you do anything, someone pops an extra hole in this bag of sand and this sand is just dripping out the uh -huh. whole day. So the whole day, you're trying to minimize any accelerations. You're trying to nail your fueling. No you're trying way. to accelerate right. a little bit slower out of the corner. No not to do these. Yeah, because every managed... time you do anything like this, every time is, and that's what, like, kind of what I say to some of the young guys, you've got this bag of sand, and when it's, when it's, that's your energy. But, yeah. You stick too many needles in it, this sand's trickling out. Your day and I done. guess you're trying so, to poke holes in the other in the other dude's uh, yeah. bag as well. Exactly, exactly. Everyone's got their bag of sand. Yeah, it's a simple way of trying to explain it. Yeah. And so, talk to me a little bit about what it's like to be in a race for three weeks. You know, like how yeah. <laughs> how fast you know, it used going. to be in one for three minutes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, you can see where we're coming from. We yeah, did like, we downhill. You know what I mean? It couldn't be further yeah. away from for sure. Did. Like, are you? Like, what are the fatigue levels like for three weeks? Like, I, I just can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, there's no getting away from uh, how brutal it is. I don't think you can really express it or explain to anyone who hasn't really done one. Um, You'd have to almost go through it to to know what it was like, right? It's like, yeah. it's every day yeah. you're going to get up and ride another 200 mile or something. <laughs> like, it's absolutely yeah. insane, mate. It's insane. Whoever first thought of that idea said you know what we'll do this you know they must have been off their rocker but it's um it's just a constant wearing down process and what i find is after after a week 10 days you kind of hit this barrier where the fatigue doesn't get much more and 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 you're pretty cooked is that right and then it just because yeah i find yeah that after a week, 10 through, days, you're absolutely smoked and you've got to survive yeah. the rest of it <laughs> yeah. yeah and then then it for me, it just becomes purely mental. Right. Like, Does it? I'm going up a climb. I'm suffering. I'm trying not to show it, but I'm suffering. I look right. I look left. They look a million dollars. But up here, I'm like, well, I know he's suffering. I know he's suffering. Yeah. So it's all a mental game. And I think after 10 days, that fatigue level is there. It's not going to go, okay, you have two rest days. You don't recover diddly squat in a day. 
Um, you start the next day, you go again. And I think the last week of the Grand Tour is such a mental battle. And uh. yeah, I think it counts for, for so much. But certainly the fatigue is, you know, we do everything we can to recover, but at the end of the day, you just you just can't. You're, you're spending more than you, you're earning. And, and so is that what separates, you know, a, a dude who would win the Tour is just that mint, the mental strength that they have? Like, is this, is this the hardest race in cycling? And is that what makes the difference between the goods and the greats? Yeah, I think certainly, you know, going back to obviously number one is talent and you've got to have the capabilities to to ride at that speed and that power for that long enough. But any Grand Tour rider, any Grand Tour that I've been a part of and somebody's won or had a podium or had, had great success in the Grand Tour overall, I've, yeah, I've just been, without swearing, hard, hard people. And you look at Chris Froome, you look at Garrett Thomas, you look at Egan Bernal, I've ridden and they've won the Grand Tour. And these guys, you look at them and you look at, they just look like skinny little blokes. They are tough, mate. They are, yeah, they're brutal. And they're, they're like little pit bulls. They just, they're on the start line. They want more. They want, they're, they want to race aggressive. They're tenacious. And they're just, you know, I've seen these guys break bones and they just, shrug it off I've seen them cut to bits and they shrug they just they're almost um, they're just tough they're just tough tough people and there's um, and and in the third week that's where it really counts that's where you know one bad day and it's all over so um, yeah there's a lot to be said for that mental aspect in the back end of uh, a race well there you have it If you want to listen to the rest of my appearance on Just Ride, you can find it wherever you get your pods or on Red Bull TV. Enjoy. Enjoy.